So turn in your Bibles now to Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 to 3. And today we're launching a brand new series called Greater Vision. And we're kicking that off right now. Asking the Lord, how can we receive greater vision from God? I'm so excited about this series. Greater vision. Vision is what inspires us to really live. Without it, we wander around, we waste our lives, we waste our time. And I I really believe that everybody needs a clear, personal vision of who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do in this lifetime. And the source of greater vision, of course, is God. God is the releaser of dreams and vision. And he has that for us. He already knows our future. He knows the plans he has for us, plans not to harm us, but plans to bless us and give us hope and a future. And I believe that today God is going to release dreams and visions in whole new ways. I'm so excited about what the Lord will do. And I think it's going to result in a a ripple effect in your families, in your business, in your relationships, in your work, in your career, in your school, in your sports team, wherever you are, there's going to be an increase of God's favor upon you as you receive his greater vision for your life. I believe that vision from heaven will be sustained by heaven. It'll be funded by heaven. I don't think we lack anything. I never worry about that. I believe that if we're on track with God's vision, he supplies. Amen? He will always supply. He will always provide for what he calls his people to. And our futures, I believe, are going to be blessed today as we just receive from the Lord what he has for us. So I just want to say in this message, you may want to take notes uh, because I've got layers within layers. I've got an outline, and then I've got an outline within an outline. I've lost some of you already. That was too much for you. I'm sorry. But if you, if you, if you graduated from grade seven, you're going to be okay. All right. So a famous verse here, Proverbs 29:18, out of the King James Version, says it this way. Are you ready? Here it is. Where there is no vision... You guys ready? Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's so huge. In other words, when there's a lack of dreaming, a lack of vision, a lack of clarity, people are in trouble. I like how the NLT puts it. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. They just run wild. Those of you in the business world, you know that if you don't have clear vision for your company, people just go do whatever they want, right? The Passion Bible puts it this way. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander away. I love the word vision. It is one of my favorite words in the Bible. And it comes from the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. The word is shazon. And uh, so think of shazam. Shazam, you know, shazon, vision. It means vision or dream or oracle from God or revelation. And often the word vision and dream is interchangeable in Old and New Testament. 
So when you're talking about vision, you could be talking about dreams. When you talk about dreams, you could be talking about vision. And someone might think, oh, I thought a dream was when I went to bed, put my head on the pillow, and I started to dream. Well, yeah, that's a dream. And you can get dreams from God while you're sleeping. And I hope you do, and it'd be awesome if everybody got that. But also, you can dream while you're wide awake. Did you know that? In fact, I think we need more daydreamers. Daydreamers, people who dream during the day. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. But we need more dreamers. We need more people who hear, see, sense, discern what God wants to do in the world through us. And it takes vision to apprehend that. So dreams can be visions and visions can be dreams. Erwin McManus says this, in his book called Wide Awake. By the way, that is the best book on vision and dreams that I've ever read in my life, and I've read about 30. Erwin McManus, author, title, Wide Awake. He says, quote, you have no greater responsibility than to live the life God created you to live. To live your life at your highest level empowers you to give your life for the greatest good. For you to make your greatest contribution, you must dream discover, adapt. You must be willing to change, and the greater your ability to change, the greater your ability to bring change. Here's the thing. God is waiting for you to dream. God wants you to dream. If you used to dream and you don't dream anymore, God wants you to dream again. He wants you to have vision from above. He wants you to receive vision that will bless your life. So Habakkuk chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 to 3. We'll read them. Here's this prophet, this little book, three chapters. You know, he he spoke during a time in Israel just before the Babylonian captivity occurred. Um, Rabbis believe that Habakkuk was the son of the Shunammite woman um, whom was raised from the dead. The boy was raised from the dead. So rabbis say that little boy that was resurrected was Habakkuk. That's what they say. Rabbis. And it's a book about revival, vision, preparing for the future, and expecting God to come to his people and transform the earth. This three chapter book is for our times. It's a Habakkuk moment in our nation. We need to get the vision clear again of what the kingdom is doing through our lives. Let me read the verses here. Chapter 2, verse 1. You guys good? All right, here it is. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Isn't it interesting in the Bible you often see that hearing is seeing and seeing is hearing. I will watch to see what he says to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Let me go back to verse two. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. 
I think the broader framework of what I want to share with you today, the kind of macro outline, is simply this. Receive the vision, record the vision, and run with the vision. Can you guys get that? Right, just take it in, right? Receive the vision, then write it down, and then run with it. Run with the vision. And so within that, now I'm gonna give you some things to ponder as, as, you, as you put this together for your life. I hope that this message, with the Holy Spirit's help, will cause you to dream greater things you've ever dreamt before. You're gonna go home and go, wow, I'm gonna, I am gonna believe God for new things. I'm gonna believe God for something that is phenomenal. Then we know that we've encountered his message today. First of all, you can receive dreams and vision. Just say that over yourself. I can receive dreams and vision from God. In fact, if you study the Bible, you'll see and agree with me that it would be abnormal for a Christian to not have visions and dreams. You'd be like, oh, poor you. <laughs> what's, what's not right? What's not happening for you? Because it's all over the story. God speaks in so many amazing ways. And, uh, you know, I've had many dreams from God, many visions from God. Some I've written down, some I've just stored up in my heart. And here's the amazing thing is God brings those dreams to us in special ways. Habakkuk is one of many people in the Bible that received vision and dreams from God. Let me tell you about another one. His name is Nehemiah. Any Nehemiah fans in the house? Come on. Greatest book on leadership on the planet is the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a cupbearer to Artaxerxes, the king of, of that part of the world, and he, uh, you know, he's not a priest, he's not a pastor, he never went to seminary, and he's doing his job, he's in government and business, and one day a friend comes and gives him an update on what's happening in Jerusalem, and he hears that his home city, Jerusalem, has been burned to the ground, gates are down, walls have collapsed, taken over, scorched city, and he weeps over that. And he gets a burden from God about that. And so he goes to his king, Artaxerxes, and gets permission to go there. And he gets there and he, he goes around and scouts out the whole territory. And he says in his book, in his memoir, Nehemiah, he says, I didn't tell anyone what God put in my heart to do. Sometimes you've got to keep your vision to yourself for a while before it gets activated. I didn't tell anyone what God put in my heart to do. And then he took action. He got favor from the king that he serves. He got, he got money. He got resources. He got time off from his regular job. And he heads to Jerusalem and he leads a renovation, <laughs> renewal, revival season with the people of God. And they restore the walls. And the city is about to be rebuilt. And then he leads them in revival. And you can read about it in the book of Nehemiah. It is phenomenal. That happened through a business leader. See, sometimes we think, oh, all the vision has to come through the pastors. No, God forbid that it would ever be reduced to that. And I want to say just a word of affirmation to our business leaders. You know, sometimes you come to churches and you hang out, even in our church, and you probably go, oh, man, like you could, you, business leaders, they know things. 
They can tell when we're on. They can tell when we're off. They can tell when resources are being wasted. They can sniff it out. They can tell when things are well organized. They can tell when things are chaos. Guess what? We need you to help shape the church to be at her best. And so I'm just inviting you into the ongoing process of making Kingdom City all that it can be. It's going to take business leaders and families and moms and dads and pastors and and artists and musicians. It's going to take all of that. But I just want to honor you if you're like a Nehemiah because you get vision. You know you can't really survive without it. And you can receive dreams and visions because the Holy Spirit has things to reveal to you. Holy Spirit wants to and is ready to release vision even right now. Like now, now. Now! If you want to tap into it, you can. And you're going to get something that only he can give. We so often limit our access to the realm of the Holy Spirit. Um, But I just want to celebrate with you that God is never unwilling to kind of help us redeem some things. He always wants us to go forward. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read this. It's a New Testament passage that I think fits what we're talking about. It covers many other things. But can I just read it for you here at verse 9? It says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for those who love him. Right? People read that and they go, yeah, that's so true. We have no clue. We have no clue. We don't know. We have to wait till it just lands on our plate. And we don't expect much in this life because, you know, God wants to keep us humble. And, you know, who are we to think that we could change the world? And, you know, the worm theology starts creeping in. So, you know, no one knows the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And then look at verse 10. But God. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the, thing, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Amen. That's an invitation to receive vision. Chris Vallotton, in his book, Spiritual Intelligence, says this about that. He says, Paul is pointing out that we have received God's spirit and we therefore have access to his thoughts. Did you get that? We have access to the thoughts of God. The apostle goes on to say that the Spirit is teaching us how to have God's thoughts, that is, his imagination, visions, and dreams, and his spiritual words. In this case, we are not just thinking like God. Instead, we are thinking his actual thoughts planted in us by the Holy Spirit, knowing his mind in whatever situations we face and mirroring his imagination about the solutions and outcomes in real time. It's powerful stuff, man. Powerful stuff. That you can think the thoughts of God. Is that, is there any more Bible verses to back that up? Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, how about Psalm 139 when David said, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how great is the sum of them. It's David, Old Covenant. He's saying, I've got so many thoughts from God and with God, I can't even count them. That's Old Covenant guy. How about New Covenant people? How about Holy Spirit-filled people? You can, you can live stream what Jesus is saying to you through Holy Spirit. See, once you know who you are, once your identity is squared up, you realize it's legit. You're allowed to receive from God continuously. You know, to come groveling and begging, oh God, please. God's like, stop that. You're a daughter, you're a son. Act like one. Come on in the house. Help yourself. Go and take a drink. Go, have, go get what you need. I'll provide it for you. You know, yeah, it's all yours. It's all yours. God is waiting for you to dream. He's waiting for you to receive your vision for your family, for your life, your business, your work, your relationships, your future. We're not supposed to live just day to day. We're supposed to be pressing in for greater things <laughs> because we're made in his image. You know, I had a vision one day that I would get married and I prayed about getting married for a year. It was more like, oh God, please, kind of prayers. <laughs> oh God, please. You know, I'm in my 20s. I'm like, you know, I, I need, Lord, I need this solved, right? And so I prayed, and then after a while, it's like God said, I want you to participate in the vision. I want you to take the steps that you need to take. I thought, what are those? I have to meet people. I have to go for coffee with women. Check, check my list. No, no, you know. God said, you're gonna have to get in the game. I had to change my clothes. I had to spruce up. I was a young bachelor and I could care less and that God showed me that doesn't work for women. <laughs> so I changed. I had a vision of getting married and then I found Marianne. I'm like, oh God, I think it's her. I think it's her. She didn't really agree with that at the start, but. <laughs> hey, I wanna say this to you if you're single. God is with you. He is so with you. He's proud of you as you represent him. You're a complete person. You're whole. And, you know, you can ask him. No good, he, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. If you want a spouse, just ask for one. Ask and receive and press in. Okay. Here is, uh, where are we here? The second thing here. Uh, what is life like without dreams? What is it really like when there's no vision, right? Well, back to Proverbs 29, where there is no vision, the people perish. They shrivel up. They get paralyzed. They get confused. They don't have an understanding of what they're doing. And usually, if you don't have enough vision in your life, usually, you end up complaining a lot. Because you're always waiting for your environment to just magically improve without being involved in it. Right? We all know people like that. None of them are in this room. <laughs> None. And, uh, but there's people who grumble and complain, and they have the Eeyore anointing. Right? 
You know, Eeyore from Christopher Robbins, it's probably going to snow again. The check won't go through. I won't get the client. I'll never find a spouse. Right? It's the Eeyore icky anointing. And if you ever see that in someone in our church, just cast that off them. Just break it off them. Just say, come on. Come on, my soul. Kick it up a gear. God's good. He's good all the time. He's enjoyable. He's lovely. He's amazing. He's faithful. He's not going to let you down. He can't. It's against his nature. So... Jesus modeled all this for us. Jesus lived by vision. People don't always like to analyze Jesus like that, but he lived by a vision. You know what it was? It was Isaiah 61, which was confirmed in the Nazarene synagogue in Luke 4 when he stood there and he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to bring to preach good news to the poor, to recovery of sight to the blind, to the setting of captives free and prisoners free, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, that's my vision. And he did it. He came to change the world, to save people out of darkness and disease and death and despair. He did it. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy, the, oh, it'll be so worth it. The vision of what will take place on the other side. Union with God, with billions of people. And Jesus says, follow me. Jesus set you up so that you can walk in kingdom vision. He's given you all the favor of heaven. He's given you the heart that is receptive to the things of God. He's given you Holy Spirit to give you power and wisdom and downloads, and he's with you always. We can be people of vision. So God's waiting for you to dream. Have you been dreaming lately? If you haven't, Just take a mental vacation in the next six days and start to dream in faith, God, what might happen through my life with you? What are you laying on my heart? What can I have? What can I go after? Where do I see myself in the next five years? Here's the third point. How can I receive a dream? How do you actually receive it? I'm gonna get practical here. You gotta go up higher. That's what Habakkuk did. He said, I will, I will get myself up. I will get up on the ramparts. And ramparts are these sort of city walls. You know, there usually be a citadel on top where you can get up high above everything and you could look out and see what's going on. That's what Habakkuk said. He said, I'm going I'm to get up higher. I'm going to go to higher ground. <laughs> because when you're on higher ground, you see things differently, right? It's similar to what John the Apostle heard in Revelation. I think it's chapter 4, verse 1. A voice said to him, come up here and I will show you things which must take place. Come on up here. You gotta move. You gotta step into the journey. You gotta ascend up high so that you can receive the vision. Here's another one. Read your Bible, right? Yeah. Read the Bible because God has put his word in the Bible. It is the word of God. It's authoritative, inspired, inerrant, trustworthy all the time. And God speaks to us through his word. Amen? Amen. I guarantee you, if you get into the Bible, you're going to get so much vision, 
so much dreaming will happen in your life, you'll explode in a good way. And I just want to remind us that when we're talking about the word, there's three expressions of the word of God that we know in the Bible, right? There's the, there's the, there's the living word, and that's the second member of the Trinity, Son of God, Jesus, is called living word. Then there's the written word, which is the scriptures, also known as logos, although that word is broadly used in other ways too, but written word, logos, and then there's rima word. Okay, so living word speaks through the written word and also gives us the rima word. The rima word is the now word. It is the present moment situational message from God to your life to bring you strength, vision, clarity, whatever you need. The Rema word. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every Rema word that comes from God. We can't live without the Rema word. That's what Jesus is saying. You gotta eat, you gotta get self-sustained, you gotta go forward, you're not gonna do that without Rima word. You have to receive the now word from God. Where are you gonna get that from? Uh, places like this, where you're worshiping, in your own encounters with the Bible, through dreams and visions at night, through prophetic ministry from people to you, number of different ways, but you have to have your ears ready for the Rima word. And then don't forget to use your God-given, Holy Spirit-saturated imagination. That's worth another message. God gives us an imagination. We're made in his image. We, we image things. We imagine things. And I know people have had bad experiences with that. And you can use your imagination for the wrong things. Of course, we understand that. But you can also use your imagination for the right things. Still need to test everything, right? Does it align with Scripture? Is it affirmed by others in your life as being from the word, from God? Um, do you have the witness of the spirit on it? Does it give you peace? Does it fit with everything else that God is doing in your life? Of course, you can test all things, and we should test all things. Untested vision or dreams can lead to hardship and problems, and I would say stupid stuff, right? Which is like, oh, I thought it was from God, and you get down the track, oh, this was not from God. So you just need to just agree with God that you got it wrong and get back up and get going again. It's not complicated. I've been given many dreams from God. I'll share with you one of them. In 2018, I'm in Bromont, Quebec with Samuel Robinson and two board members from our church, Brett and Jesse. And we're down there at this conference and um, this amazing conference. Lightning strikes the conference building all the power goes out in the room that we're in, nowhere else in the hotel. So we take a break. I go outside. The sky's dark. It's like rain cloud kind of looking sky. And I'm standing there by myself, and I just saw an arc of lightning go from where we were all the way to the west and back. It just went like that. And I knew that it hit the west, primarily Alberta. I saw that. And I thought, I've seen an arc of lightning. And there were things said in the conference that fit that. And I texted Nathan. He's like, I was here to, I saw, I saw an arc of lightning land here and then go back. I talked to Joel and Hannah Domain about that. They're principal leaders of revival in Quebec. And they're like, oh yeah. There's this arc relationship now between, between Quebec and Alberta. There's something God is doing. He's doing something. It's vision. That's why I wore my Quebec shirt today. 
because I'm all in. I'm all in on the vision because it came from above. We did not imagine it. We have partnerships there now. We have friends there. We have incredible things that are happening. Joel and Hannah are coming here on April 23rd. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. God's reaching Canada, and Canada shall be saved. That's vision. And it takes Quebec along the way for us to reach the whole nation. Erwin McManus says this, what you expect from yourself and your life has a direct effect on what you will get out of life. How you imagine yourself and your future has a huge effect on what actually happens. Creating the life of your dreams begins with the dream. Don't miss that. You want to have a life of your dreams? It starts with the dream. Get the dream. <laughs> By the way, the best book I've ever read in my life on the subject of vision and leadership and dreams is Erwin McManus's book, Wide Awake, by far. I think I've read 30 or 40, and that one, top, always. It's worth your purchase. This works for your kingdom assignment on your mountain, because we're all called to certain mountains, whether it be family, education, the church, business, government, arts, media, technology, um, education, whatever God has called you to, that's where you want to release vision. Plus your family, right? So receive the vision, and we're back now to broad outline. Record the vision. Write it down. Okay? Why? Because you must. Because you don't want to lose it. Because you want to have it there to hold your your own self accountable to it. When you write it down and say, God told me this, and you see it, maybe you put it on a card, I don't know where you write it down, you might put it on a recipe card, stick it on your mirror. Maybe you just, you know, give yourself an audio file and you just say, hey, I received a vision today that this is gonna happen through my life, and you send it to yourself, and you listen to that audio recording several times as you pray into it and take that ground. Whatever. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. I'll share with you, you know, I have two kinds of journals. I have my everyday journal in which I communicate and receive from God, and um, I didn't bring that with me. My everyday journal, I, I put in there the scripture passage I read. I do an opening prayer of reflection. I listen and I write down what I think God may be saying to me. I filter it, I test it. I write other prayers, and I keep those in front of me all the time. And then I have this book. This is my leather journal. And I only put in here the really big stuff. And uh, it, it makes me shake at times when I, what, what I put in here. I'm like, oh, wow, God. Like, because the Lord has said some things to me that are, for me, they're like, wow. And I review this leather journal often, and I pray through it. And I remember the moments that I wrote things down in here when I felt the presence of God and I said, Lord, this is so big it goes in here. I'm writing it down so that whenever I see it, you can speak to me freshly about it again. Because it's not like God speaks and stops speaking. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna continue to speak into you that vision until it's fulfilled. So I don't know what you do, but that's what I do. I, I, I have to soak on this stuff. I have to see it. I have to feel it. I have to let it get inside me. I have to declare it with my mouth. Oh, 
God is waiting for you to dream. He's just waiting. And some of you have been doing that. Some of you are so awesome at this. You should be speaking today because you know, you know the power of this when it comes to the kingdom. Now, I gotta say this to you. There are some dream killers. And I have no doubt that in a group this size that there's some people who've had their dreams smashed apart. I've had that experience too. Death of a dream. It's painful. Like, oh man, I thought I heard from God. It never happens. Oh, dream killers. And you know, there's all kinds of reasons why dreams die. Obviously, things like sin in our life, not walking with God properly. Of course, we get that. But there's other things too, like distractions, not having enough time. Can we just delete that lie? You have enough time for everything that God wants to do in your life. Can we just delete that, that other thing? We don't have enough time. Stop it. You do have enough time. You have time to do everything that you're supposed to do. Otherwise, God would be cheating you. Right? Now, what you do with your time, that's where the wisdom is needed. Okay? So, there's things like distractions. And, uh, you know, but you have to overcome those things. I was just hanging out with a young adult leader just a couple days ago, and he's in his 20s, and uh, uh, he works very hard. He's in a very big deal ministry, and uh, lots is happening through his life. And we talked about his dreams, and he said to me, you know, I said, what is the big dream? He said, I want to write rap music that will transform the youth of our nation. And he's doing it. He's taking little bits of time as he drives into work. He speaks into his audio recorder some lyrics to some rap songs. Every time he has a longer lunch, he sits down and writes out some words. He goes to a studio in Calgary with a professional, and they're hammering it out. They're making his first album, and he's stepping into this. And I don't know anyone else except him who I think in this nation is being set up for that other than him. And I love that. I love that when I see that in people, especially when they're young that you put the time into the things that will fulfill the vision. You gotta write it out. You gotta get real with these things. Here's another dream killer. It's called giving up on your dream. And I've been there too. Giving up on my dream. I remember I started praying for revival when I first got here in 1990. I prayed for revival. I walked all over the streets of Airdrie. We had a lot less back then. And I'm like, revival has to come here. It has to come here. I knew enough about revival before I was even in revival to know it has to happen. I used to go in the walkway and declare revival over the city, both sides. Did that for four years. And then some leaders talked me into joining a prayer movement to pray for revival in Canada. I said, great, I did. And I found after going to three meetings that it was tearing me apart because their whole approach was, oh God, the heavens are closed and revival can't happen unless you open up the heavens and there's just all this worm theology there. And I'm like, oh! I couldn't understand it, but I knew in my spirit it wasn't where I needed to be. And I quit. They were mad at me. I'm like, I don't care. I can't do that. And I stopped praying for revival for about two years. And one Saturday, I was here in this room. I was laying on my, on my back right here and I heard the Lord say to me, you've stopped praying for revival. I went, yep, because you're not doing it. He said, I never said you could stop. I've been praying for revival for like 25 of 32 years. And I'm not stopping. 
You know, sometimes I meet people and they go, I got this vision, but it's not happening. They say, well, what's happening? They say, well, you know, I got it six months ago, but, it, you know, not, not much is going on. I'm like, six months? Why don't you just press in for 10 years? Why don't you just go where you need to go with that? No excuses. So what if you spend your life pursuing one vision that God has for you, knowing it's from him, and he gives it to you later on? Who cares? Am I preaching to anybody today? And I know there's a warning here against bad theology, and I think there's people that have, they're still recovering from bad church. I mean, I meet them all the time. They're recovering from bad church, dead church, dull church, church with, with man's traditions, church with legalism, church with fear and paranoia. That can really wreck your life too. And here's what I learned to do. I have to call back my dreams. I gotta call them back when, I, when I've lost them. This happened to me there was a moment six years ago when Marianne and I were on a summer vacation in the desert. We like to go to the desert because if you get enough heat in your bones as a Canadian, you'll make it through February. <laughs> and we just bake, and it starts decreasing around January 31st. You're like, ah, oh, it's starting to go now. Anyways, 2017, I'm in the desert, my wife's by the pool. I'm going for a drive. I go to Starbucks. And I, the, the day before, we had been, we drove to L.A. to, to Mosaic Church, Irwin McManus, one of my great heroes. <laughs> Irwin McManus preaching, as usual, amazing knock-it-out-of-the-park vision sermons. And I bought his book, Wide Awake, which I quoted from. And I started reading it. And the Lord got a hold of me back in the desert, and he said, you have given up on your dreams. You've let your dreams die. I said, yeah, but you haven't fulfilled them. And the Lord said, repent of that. I said, really? He said, yeah, you repent. I repented of letting my dreams die. I had some dreams. And he said, I will fulfill them. They're going to be fulfilled. Your part is to believe for them and prepare for them. So I repented of letting dreams die. And the moment I did that, God said, call them back. With your mouth, I had to call back six dreams that I had given up on. And I named them. And I said, this dream, I'm calling you back. Uh, you're being resurrected. This dream, you're coming out of obscurity. This dream, I'm calling you back. And I received them back. I burst out in a heavenly language. I wept. Do you know what it's like to weep when it's 45 degrees Celsius? You're standing in a parking lot looking like a strange Canadian I just don't care. I want the dreams. They came from him. So I'm declaring those dreams all the time. I say them with my mouth. I dream of seeing a ministry training center in this part of where we live, where we equip and release and empower people to go out and extend the kingdom. I'm dreaming of a healing movement to come out of this house. I'm dreaming of young adults that will take over Canada take over the whole nation with worship and preaching. I'm, I'm dreaming of business leaders rising up who will do good in the world, solve problems, resource the economy, help the church to get better. I'm dreaming about that. I'm dreaming about other things. I dream about a family of world changers. So I declare over my adult kids, every one of them, every day, that they will be world changers. And you know what? They all are already. There's something that God does when we really press into the vision. 
So you gotta receive the vision, you gotta record the vision, and then you gotta run with the vision. You gotta run with the vision. I love this phrase here in Luke 137, when Mary gets the news from the messenger angel Gabriel, she's gonna have a child, you know, and uh, supernatural conception, of course. She says, how will this be? And the angel explains it to her. And then the angel says to her, for nothing is impossible with God. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Nothing. And in in the original language, it, it, it goes like this. No rima word from God will fail. It's actually there in the Greek. No rima word from God will fail because it has within it the power to achieve it. So when we're talking about fulfilling vision, it's not our own strength, it's not our own human effort, it's the power of God fulfilling the vision through us. Are you with me? Through us. And you know, I found the secret to dream fulfillment. The absolute secret. You ready for it? Do you want it? It'll cost you 20 bucks. Just kidding. (laughs) I found the secret for dream fulfillment. It came to me yesterday. I thought, I gotta add this in. Okay. This is from an obscure verse in the Bible, Psalm 37, verse four. The, the key to dream fulfillment. Here it is. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he also will give you the desires of your heart. Ooh. Just let that hang on you a minute. If I delight myself in the Lord... He will also give me the desires of my heart. That's like wide open promise. Okay, so how do I delight myself in the Lord? Well, to delight yourself in the Lord is not just to sort of notice him or kind of, you know, remember him every now and then. To delight means this. It is luxurious enjoyment. It's like that feeling you have when you have saved up money and you finally go to the five-star all-inclusive resort and you travel and you took time off work and you walk into the hotel lobby and it's perfect and you're like, oh, this is so good. Oh, you're like, we get to be here two weeks. Yeah, that's delight. God says, if you delight in me like that, if you taste and see that I'm good, that I will never withhold from you good things, if you make me the most luxurious thing, if you prefer me, if you, if you chase after me, if you show yourself that you're willing to find me, I tell you what, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't matter what you ask for, you get it. Is that biblical? Yeah. John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. That's the Bible. Wow. So dreams can happen. Yeah, they can. I was at a conference last year with Papa Shayon at Harvest International Ministries. They had James Gall, the prophet there, in a lunchroom with us. We're hanging out with him. Then he spoke in the main assembly after that. I don't know if I've written it down right, but it kind of went like this. I wrote it down so fast, I don't think I wrote it properly, but I got the idea of it. He said this, there's three things. Get ready for this. Number one, if you can dream it, you can have it. 
If you can write it, God will supply it. If you can shape it, God will fill it. I think there's a typo. If you can dream it, with assuming that you're walking with Jesus, you're abiding in him, all that, right? If you can dream it, you can have it. If you can write it, God will fill it. If you can shape it, God will supply it. I love that. I think that is worth taking and going and sitting in a corner today and going over and say, okay, God, I'm gonna start dreaming. (laughs) I'm gonna start dreaming. If you can dream it, you can have it. Will you dare to dream? For some of us, that might mean getting a hold of a whole different version of who God is, like a a new understanding based on scripture. Who is God? How good is he? And who are we? Are we allowed to dream? Yes. For some of us, it might mean that we have to shift some of our expectation levels. If you can dream it, you can have it. If you can write it, God will fill it, supply it, put it on record. And then if you can shape it, God will, he'll do it. And I think the shaping one is probably the one where most people struggle because it's the idea of structuring your vision for implementation. Most people who have vision never get to implementation. They never get it properly planned, released, blessed, so that it has life and sustainability. There's people in this church who are geniuses at that. One of them is Matt Polsky, sitting right there. He's on our team. The downloads that this guy gets from heaven, oh, we just had in staff meeting, I saw like designs above his head and what he brings to our whole church is amazing. He sees things and brings organizational excellence to this body and beyond it, way beyond it. If you can shape it, God's gonna do it. Invite our worship team to come on up here. And I just wanna say this to you, where we're going as a church is we wanna be like a dream center. We want everybody to dream. We want everybody's dreams in the kingdom to be fulfilled. There are things that God will ask you to do, want you to do, direct you to do, that you should just do. You should just do them. And you should take things to the level that they need to be taken. We're dreaming about so many things that will touch the nation. Dreaming of worship and songs and and a movement of worship and a dynamic kids ministry and seeing our youth being a radical voice for Jesus in this region. Social impact, a hope center. And here's a couple more for you. I am dreaming that one day a future prime minister will come out of this house. Is that you? Who's, who is it? Who's the future prime minister? What about a premier? I'm dreaming that a premier will come out of this house. The right time. Is that you? You better go get trained for that. Better get ready. Your most amazing dreams can come true. We're talking about God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. God who spared no expense, no expense to to bring us into his kingdom family, to adopt us as his sons and daughters. He is releasing dreams. Business leaders, we need you to dream. We need you to just do it. Just do it. Change the nation from the inside out.
Healthcare workers, we need you to dream. Teachers, we need you to dream. Moms and dads, we need you to dream. And we're just going to take a moment here as we wrap up. Because I believe that God is activating something today. I just felt in my spirit all week, there's something that is shifting. There's an activation that's going on. There's new dreams landing in some of you right now. There's old dreams coming back to you. You receive the vision. You record the vision. Then you got to run with it. You got to run. You got to run. Not in your own strength. God performs his own work. That's what the Bible says. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. We're not talking about human strength here. We're talking about divine capacity to do the will of God. God will perform his own vision. You can see that in Ezekiel 12. The word is perform. He performs it. Let's stand together. Uh, Lord, I don't know what you're up to, but I know it's good. I say yes to it right now. I just had a sense that God wants some of you to mark this moment, and you can do that in any way that you want to. But some of you might want to mark this moment by coming to the front. Maybe not all of you, but maybe a handful of you. Because God has spoken to you today. The Rima word has landed in your heart. And so if that's you, you know, if God has spoken to you and, and he said to you, I've got fresh vision for you. I've got a new dream for you. I want you to come on up here. Some of us need to call back our dreams. They need to be resurrected. Maybe some discouragement has landed in your life. Maybe you've been ripped off by the enemy. By the way, the devil hates it when God's people dream. He gets nervous because he's going to lose some ground when you start dreaming again. So I want you to respond. You can do that where you are. You can come to the front. Just come on up here if you want to mark that moment to call back your dreams. And I want you to, in faith, start doing that. Don't wait for me to prompt you. Just start leaning in. Can we spread across here more? Spread across the front. God is restoring dreams. God is giving new dreams to his people. He's releasing vision right now. Vision for what he wants to do in your life, through your life. just linger with the Lord here for a moment those of you at the front just lean in and by faith say God I'm claiming all my dreams that you're giving me right now I want them all I'm believing you for them God I'm not gonna wait any longer I'm not gonna hesitate I'm gonna claim these dreams right now I'm gonna call back the dreams that maybe have been stolen from me God I want them back I don't want to say to you, it's never too late. God will do something different, and it's going to be even more beautiful. It's never too late. You've not burned up all your chances. You've not used up all your grace. He's going to do a fresh thing in you, because God always does new things. We're going to lean into this song here. I'm going to pray for our friends, and Pastor Nathan's going to come up and wrap our time 
in a moment here. Let's just lift up the Lord's name together.